The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Councilmember Scott Benson. Councilmember Fred Duhal III. Councilmember Letitia Johnson. Councilmember Gabriel Santiago Romero. Councilmember Angie Goodfield Callaway. Present. Councilmember Coleman Young, just the second. Council President Pro Tim James T. Here, here. And Council President Mary Sheffield. Present. You have a quorum, President, President, Madam President. All right, thank you. There being a quorum, we are now back in session. If we can have all of the representatives again from Alternatives for Girls join us here at the front. Which one is Andrea? Andrea Royster is usually. I don't see him in All right, and as I mentioned uh, last formal session, um, January is National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Uh, and uh, as and we as close, we close out, out this month, month uh, I wanted, wanted to give the, the opportunity, opportunity for the Alternatives for Girls Street Outreach Team. Uh, to, uh, to speak, speak a little bit about the work, work that they do uh, as it relates to human trafficking in our city. They provide a lot of resources and care and direct outreach to this community. And so we wanted to honor you all, lift your work up, and then also give you opportunity to speak a little bit about the work that you all do. Uh, we have joining us today James and Karen, who are both volunteers. So if you guys want to step up and just speak a little bit about the work that Alternative Girls does. Uh, in uh, the, the area, area of human trafficking. Thank you very much, much uh, for, having for having us here. We're very, very honored, honored to be here. here. And, and um, we, we love this city. city. We, we love all of our citizens in it. And we just, uh, every week we go out to look for People on the streets that need our help, a little help getting back on their feet, getting a better life. And we are dedicated to taking care of everybody that lives in our city. Thank you. Really, I don't have too much to add. I mean, the work we do is important. And it's difficult, and we provide resources. We also provide listening and an ear to people that really need to be heard. And they tell us their stories, and that is really what we take with us and how our work grows and how it thrives and how it gets better. So that's all really I wanted to say thank you, and thank you for the opportunity. And um, thank you, Council, for inviting us. I appreciate it. Thank you. And we appreciate um, the work that the street outreach team does. Uh, we also have joining with us um, April Doss, who is a survivor. She is uh, six years clean from drugs and alcohol. She is a, she is a, she is a, she is a, 
She is also a six-year survivor of human trafficking, and I had the opportunity of joining a roundtable with her a few weeks ago. Um, she pretty much had me and my team in tears hearing her testimony and her story. And so I wanted to invite her down just to share a few words about Alternatives for Girls, what the program has done for you, uh, and just a little bit about your story and how you overcame uh, some of the circumstances and situations that life uh, brought you. Thank, Thank you, Council. Um, um, once again, again, my name, my name is, is April, April Dawson. I'm also with Alternative Girls. girls. And, and I, I also do reach, uh, outreach with Jim and Carrie. Karen, I'm, sorry. I'm a little I'm nervous, y'all. I didn't think I was speaking with that name. <laughs> <neither. laughs> I, I just thought we was coming up here to get an award and keep it moving. I'm a survivor of human trafficking. Um, I've been trafficked twice in my life, once by my uncle and once by a man that I thought was my knight in shiny armor, which was my boyfriend. November the 13th, 2022, I celebrated six years off of sex industry and off drugs. Woo woo. Yeah. I'm also, me and um, Benita is also part of So Great Detroit. For, through Alternative Girls, some of our work is, is, um, is in the Detroit Institute of Art. Alternative for Girls found me in progress. on the streets, literally. literally. This, is, this another is another reason why I do outreach and I give, and I give back. back. When, when they, they found me, me I, was I was on drugs, drugs and, I was, and I was also being trafficked. Being trafficked. Alternative girls girl saved me. They, they gave me tools to let me be a woman again, to live life of life terms. I'm also a recovery coach specialist in development case planner through the state of Michigan. This is my mentor right here. She keeps me on my toes. And I will say, we need y'all. Now, let me put that out there. We need y'all. We need y'all to help us with this trafficking. We need y'all to help us with domestic violence. Recording in progress. Domestic, domestic violence. violence. Because yes, it would lead into trafficking. And it's not, not only women being trafficked, it's, it's also men and women. And, women. and, young, and young boys. boys. So, so I, I thank y'all for this opportunity to counsel about time. Did y'all recognize us for all the good work we do? And we will continue to do it. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm here um, to speak on behalf of my team. They are just way, 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 way too humble for me this morning. Way, way too humble. These guys um, consistently, intentionally, rain, snow, sleet, hail, whatever the circumstances are, leave the comfort of their homes to come into the, into the city of Detroit and, and go, go out, out into, into uh, the communities, the communities to, to meet survivors, survivors right where they are, they are. Mm -hmm. right where, where they, they are. are. Some, Some of the, of the women, women that, that, that uh, we, we encounter is because of the faithfulness of our, of our volunteers. volunteers. Um, um, the, the, you, they, they may meet them, them and it and may it take two or three years, years for them to actually come in. But the consistency of the street outreach program, so that they see a familiar face, some, Some, the, only the only familiar, familiar face that they, that they get, get to see, see. The, the only caring face that they get to see, the only caring ears that, that hear, hear, hear them, them and, and um, can, can appreciate them for who they are and support them right where they are. Where they are. Mm -hmm. um, um, twice, twice a week, a week our, our, our team, team goes, goes out, out to greet these men and women in the street and let them know that the city of Detroit cares about them. 
that alternatives for girls cares about them. And we'll continue to do it. It's not an easy task, but it's very necessary. There are there days, days when you used to be, <laughs> I, appreciated I appreciated the bishop, bishop. I appreciated the president council, because the, the, the strength that, that we find in Christ is what keeps us going. Mm -hmm. we're, not, we're, not, we're not a religious, religious organization, organization, but we, we, we welcome, welcome mm -hmm. uh, the spirit mm -hmm. of unity, the spirit of recovery is all very, very important to us. And, and we stand in, you know, with the community, we are building up a, a facility for our young survivors for, uh, to house them for two or three years at, at, at the cost of alternative for girls and the, our donors who support us. This is, this is very, very hard, hard work, work, but we're, we're supported, supported by, the by the city of Detroit. Detroit. Thank, thank you, President Sheffield. Thank, thank you, city council. Thank you to the citizens of Detroit. We appreciate you guys. And as much as you guys continue to support us, we'll be able to continue to support our survivors in all the areas of their lives. We get to house them, we get to clothe them, we get to love on them, and we get to let them know that there is life beyond what they've been through, that they are not what their circumstances presently say they are. So we thank you for having us today. All right, thank you so much. Um, and um, as was mentioned, we do have a couple of awards that we would like to present to you all. So two of the street outreach representatives, James Mayer, and, and also, also Karen, Karen Khalifa, Khalifa. Uh, and then and also, also before I'm, I'm, I'm going to put down and present all of them. And these are awards of recognition for your work that you all do leading the street outreach team. team. Um, and, and then, then April, April Doss. We, Miss <laughs> <laughs> April, we would like to present to you a Spirit of Detroit Award because you truly represent the Spirit of Detroit. You know, you know to, to, to take, take your, your story and your testimony and to use it to inspire and to, and to encourage and to help, and to help other women get through what you've been through truly represents what the spirit of Detroit is all about. And so we appreciate you. Your story touched me and everyone who was in that room that day. And I'm sure your work and your story is touching women all over the city. So we appreciate you. We love you, April, and keep doing all that you're doing to save the lives of our young women and young men. All right? God bless you. If we just put in just a little bit, bit. Just get a good picture of everybody else. Yeah. All right, perfect. <laughs>
All right, thank you, uh, colleagues, and again, thank you to Alternatives for Girls. Yep, all right, again, if you are here for public comment, please raise your hand. Uh, we're gonna cut off our public comment momentarily. Just raise your hand and we'll make sure that you have a public comment card. Madam President. Yes. Real briefly, before our guests from Alternatives for Girls leave, I just wanna mention that I used to work for Alternatives for Girls. Um, so I'm very, very grateful for the work that they do and just continue, continue to see what they're striving to do for our community. I'm just really grateful and I, and I hope that they're proud to know that someone that used to work for Alternatives for Girls is now on City Council. Um, so it's just, it's really beautiful to, to see them be recognized and to have us continue to support their work. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Council Member. All right, we'll proceed now to our agenda. The journal of the session of Tuesday, January the 24th, will be approved. There being no reconsiderations or unfinished business, we will proceed to the Budget, Finance, and Audit Standing Committee. For the Budget, Finance, and Audit Standing Committee. Two reports from various city departments. The two reports will be referred to the Budget, Finance, and Audit Standing Committee. For the Internal Operations Standing Committee. Five reports from various city departments. Uh, five reports will be referred to the Internal Operations Standing Committee, noting that the right to counsel uh, contract is being referred. Looking forward to that discussion. For the Neighborhood and Community Services Standing Committee. Three reports from the Office of Contracting and Procurement. Those three reports will be referred to the Neighborhood and Community Services Standing Committee for the Planning and Economic Development Standing Committee. Five reports from various city departments. The five reports will be referred to the Planning and Economic Development Standing Committee for the Public Health and Safety Standing Committee. 18 reports from various city departments. 18 reports will be referred to the Public Health and Safety Standing Committee. We will now move to the voting action matters. Under other matters. There are no items, Madam President. Under communications from the mayor and other governmental officials and agencies. There are no items, Madam President. All right, we will now call for our general public comment. And how many hands do we have online? Okay, we're gonna cut public comment off and everyone will have a minute and a half for public comment. Hi, uh, I'm a District 6 resident. Um, is it Adam, uh, Adam Barrett? Adam B, yeah. Yep. I'm a District 6 resident. I'm also a member of the Friends of the Bowen Branch Library. Um, I'm here to ask council for a resolution to force the DDA to stop looting the library with their tax captures. Or okay, I'm not sure if we could speak up a little bit louder, if we could turn the microphones on, and then also if we could just make sure people are quiet out in the um, hallways, please. But we'll start your time over. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm a District 6 resident, and I'm here as a member of the Friends of the Bowen Branch Library. I'm using a microphone. Yeah, you still, you still may have to speak a little bit louder if you can. All right. I'm here to oppose the library takeover uh, that was proposed uh, some months back. Uh, we're also asking for a resolution from council to force the DDA to stop looting the library with their tax captures 
or at the very least to report the amounts that they're taking every year, which I suppose they stopped doing. Um, one more thing is uh, we want to check for a status update on the ADA compliance survey that was suggested last meeting by Member Calloway. And as well, we want an update on, refer on the uh, referral of the wire fraud case involving the library and whether that was turned over to the IG's office and the, the county prosecutor. Um, I also have beef with the land bank, but I don't think we have enough time for that today, so I'll just leave it there. Thank you. All right, thank you. And I know, Member Callaway, you do have a resolution that I saw that speaks to removing, um, or the DDA reimbursing the Detroit Public Library. So stay tuned for that, as that will be coming before us soon. Yep. Good morning. Happy to see everyone in person. I wanted to just say that, um, to reiterate, the Michigan state law bans tax captures on all public libraries except Detroit. We must take the Detroit exception out of the law and end new tax captures from our library's budget. We do this by educating community members, organizations, and leaders about the millions a year looted from our libraries and given to downtown developers. We must demand that our state legislators change this law to include Detroit. We're the only ones that are exempt. We must have Detroit in the same protections from tax captures as the rest of the state enjoys. I would like to add that the reason that we are not included is because the mayor lobbied for us to be exempt from this. So I'm asking the council to stand up for Detroit residents and Detroit libraries. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Malik Shelton. Good morning. I'm down here. Um, I took the liberty of having uh, some tra a transcript. Um, Hand it over to you, Mary Sheffield, President Mary Sheffield, as well as Letitia Johnson. I would hope that perhaps you can give copies to the rest of the, um, of the council persons. And it was in response to um, Mayor Duggan saying that uh, we lost the case. Uh, the, the courts did not rule for us, and, but they certainly did not rule against us on the merits of the case. Uh, and you can see in that transcript, which I argued before the 30th Circuit Court before Judge Kennedy. Judge Kennedy so much as said himself that that numbered letter 2018-4 was fraudulent, but basically what he was saying was, Mr. Shelton, you're in the wrong court. Uh, your beef is with the city of Detroit. He said that. Then we went to the Court of Claims, and um, judge, uh, the judge there, she notified us in her ruling. She said, Mr. Shelton, uh, you can't show any special harm. All the poor black folks in the majority city of Detroit were harmed. How can you show where you were harmed any more than they was? In other words, everybody in Detroit, all those poor majority black residents of Detroit, got their windows busted out, Mr. Shelton, along with you, Mr. Shelton. How can you show, Mr. Shelton, that you not only got your windows busted out, that you got your, fryer, your tires flattened as well? So that's what they ruled. So the court, the case is still going on. All right, thank and you. And so I just thought I'd clear that up. All right, Read the transcript. You. Thank you, Mr. Shelton. Uh, Ruben Black. 
Good morning, everyone. What up, though? Hey, uh, in the city of Detroit, we over the debt limit now. We can't issue no more bonds. The only revenue the city got, the only monies the city got to work with is revenue coming in and what's coming in from the federal government. Now, it's a report that you should have read by now on the 25th of January, authored by David Whitaker. It outlines the CFO of the city of Detroit, the Corporation of Detroit, committing fractional fraud and the assessment of the debt limit. Now, they took a fraction of the millage and applied it to come up with a 10 billion, over $10 billion determination of the state assessed equivalent, which is totally bogus, wrong, and illegal. The SEC should come in here, take the uh, CFO of Detroit, and take him to task for what he did. Now, each one of you council members, you three, Scott Benson, James Tate, Mary Sheffield, y'all signed any of them bonds, <clears throat> those were illegally issued bonds. That's a bond from 2018. I can't find a notice nowhere. They keep saying it's a bond that doesn't require notice. That's totally bogus, erroneous, and this man has been supplying false information that he should have known to be false because he's a lawyer to the city council and y'all been accepting it without question. Each one of y'all that signed that bond, is illegal and the city council should not approve any more bond interest payments on those illegally issued debts to the city of Detroit. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Ruben Black. Uh, Jim Dwight. Good morning, council. Jim Dwight from District 1 and really nice to be here. <laughs> good work, good work. Um, I was at the mayor's speech last night, and when I mentioned that from January 3rd to January 20th this year, there were 287 writ of evictions filed at 36th District Court. And so that in the, that's in the first three weeks. And it's, it seemed like it's a formulaic answers that didn't show urgency to the people who are being evicted today. Yes. The money's coming later. Yes, maybe next year, maybe next summer, maybe next fall. My goodness, what about now? What about, and we all know that it's poor black women who are on the firing lines of this eviction. And right today, they're being evicted. Today. And I, I, just, I just think that, that the right to counsel ordinance should be fully funded, part of it for this year, a substantial amount of it. So I know that, that there's all the answers and that the, the mayor came up with last night and we're going to do this later, but I really think I'm advocating for right now. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Dwight. Good morning, Councilwoman Sheffield and Honorable Body. Um, my name is Joyce Jennings Fells, and I'm coming today um, to make public comment about the $100 million plus the other funds that already exist in our city to support um, employment and training. Um, one of the concerns I have is the city does a good job and in, in the training dollars that are available, it's not new as far as opportunities that are available to our citizens, but where we lack as a city, we don't have on the back end oftentimes the actual jobs for the people to go into once they complete the training. A lot of money is awarded to the contractors who do the training, and I would like to encourage our city to look at opportunities 
for training. I went through a program that your father actually taught, Pastor Sheffield, for the nonprofit um, development, which was taught through Wayne County Community College. I've gone through that program, already had a nonprofit in place since then, and we need to look at having people set up to do business. There are so many contracts available with the federal government, state government, counties, and local city governments when people are in position to do business. We must be in position to do business, e-commerce, and trade. That is what will lead us to produce generational wealth. These low-wage jobs will not um, support us in being able to take care of our households. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to hearing more of your ideas and working with you as well. Yep, thank you so much. Minister Eric Blount. Yes, good morning, Council. Um, I've spoke at the Board of Police Commissioners for nearly a decade now. I was on Mildred Gaddis for the last two weeks, so I thought I'd come and share my thoughts and concerns with this body. I am deeply concerned that Detroit is ripe for the killing of black men by police. Here's what I have learned in the seven years of observing the dysfunction of the Detroit Police Department and the BOPC. Transparency is one of the early warning methods to measure the level of truth that can lead to justice. One of the most recent examples is the difference in the public release of body-worn camera footage in the killing of Hakeem Littleton versus the more recent killing of Porter Burt. Mr. Littleton's footage was from the scout car to the last bullet, and it was released the very same day. While the killing of Mr. Burke's footage stopped with him being almost 60 feet away and did not include any of the 38 bullets that were used by the Detroit Police Department to kill him. Father Thomas has taught us to always talk about solutions and not just problems. So I'll give you three. One, release the body-worn camera footage to the citizens involved within 24 hours and to the general public within one week. Two, this council should request the Department of Justice to come in with their COPS organization, Community or Organized Policing and Services. Thank you, Mr. Bond. If you want to submit any additional recommendations that you have as well to us, we'll make sure that the entire council does have it. Thank you so much, Mr. Blount. Madam Chair. Yes, if uh, I might. Thank you so much, and thank you, Mr. Um, for Minister, Minister Blount. Um, I like to see those suggestions that you have, and I did hear, hear you on the Mildred Gaddis show. And I'm just, you know, interested to know, I don't know if anybody from the police department could ask this question, but it's just kind of curious to me that um, a young man was murdered by five cops in Memphis, Tennessee, and they came up with the identity and the names of those cops within 24 hours. I've been asking for the names of the cops who killed Porter, Porter Burks since September the 28th. I've not gotten those names yet, and they've not been identified. The, the cops that, the five police officers who shot um, Porter Burks. I wanna know what, what's the difference between Memphis and Detroit? I don't understand it, and the response I get all the time is, is pending an investigation. Well, that was also pending an investigation. 
but those names and identities were released within 24 hours. So I'm hoping that we will be able to do the same thing, maybe set a new precedence here, because the people have a right to know who these police officer, officers are. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you so much, Member Calloway. We're white officers, that's why. <laughs> Good morning, Honorable Council. Thank you for allowing me to speak. My name is Sherry Burton. I'm uh, president of Midwest City Council of Block Clubs, a lifelong member of District 6, lifelong member, resident of the, the city of Detroit. Uh, our neighborhood, Midwest neighborhood, is a legacy neighborhood, meaning that we live in homes that were purchased by our parents and grandparents. And we are so excited about that Joe Louis Greenway path being, matter, as a matter of fact, it serves as our western border for our neighborhood association. So I stand before you this morning um, in strong support of the MOU of the Greenway United, United Unified, excuse me, Unified Greenway. So thank you for your time and allowing me to speak, and I hope you support that. Thank you. All right, thank you. Is Ruby Riley still here? No? Okay. Richard Clay, good morning. The floor is yours. Good morning, council members. Good morning. I'm the president of the Detroit chapter, National Federation of the Blind, as well as founder of BlackBoysInCrisis.com. And today, I just wanted to go over a couple of things, updates, because last week there was a representative of TransDev who came down here and spoke on behalf of their company and tried to refute everything, all of the testimony that had been given here at City Council, uh, in our program that we did with the Department of Justice, dozens of dozens of paratransit riders of Detroit who had logged their complaints, their experiences, and a representative of TransDev had the nerve to come down here and say that all of that was exaggeration and myth and made up, and that somehow that their company had been providing great service over all of these years. And I think that the council knows better, the people of Detroit deserve better, and under no circumstance should anybody, the mayor, the head of DOT, anybody anywhere should be thinking about giving TransDev another contract. It is unacceptable. It is totally, totally uh, uh, just nonsense uh, for them to even uh, put those types of ideas out here and is disrespectful to the ridership. And under no circumstance will we, the riders, uh, participate and stand by as that company is finally gone and that they will be brought back. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Clay. Good morning, Good morning to this honorable body. First, I want to thank you. Thank you, President Sheffield and all members of this honorable body for getting us back into the auditorium. Appreciate that. And I always continue to thank you for voting for the Detroit Right to Council Ordinance and for continuing to follow up and follow through to make sure that it is implemented and that everyone who's eligible to receive services and legal representation under this ordinance gets what they deserve and have a right to. 
I'm here to speak and just to be clear that the need for right to counsel is still here. The eviction crisis was not solved last year, it hasn't been solved, and if we continue at the rate and the level of proposed funding, I'm glad to see UCHC's contract for $5 million is on the agenda. That's a start. But if we continue at that rate, things are going to get worse. They're not going to get better. We had over 22,000 eviction filings last year, and we're on track to have near 27,000 next year. So the voice of people, the stories that people have shared with this body over and over and over again are real. I felt compelled to speak on that and not let their stories be dismissed or invalidated or minimized. The trauma is real and the need is real. So I thank you for continuing to support and stand behind your ordinance and the people's ordinance. And again, just ask that there be additional funding allocated this year. There be full funding next year and the office is open to the public. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Attorney Myers Phillips. And I'm looking forward to continuing to work with you to get those things uh, in place. Uh, Bob Carmack. Good morning, Council. My name is Bob Carmack. I've been here before. Mr. Whitaker did an investigation on Mayor Duggan on committing crimes and so forth. Uh, he gave you a written document uh, of that. I was wondering, can we have that put on a light item before we could talk about it? I have uh, sent him a subpoena to depose him. He filed a motion to quash the subpoena. This is the third time that he's quashed the subpoena. But the problem is when he argued this motion before, he said nobody knew anything, that he didn't know anything. Well, I've gone through 10 city uh, employees, and they all don't know nothing. So the situation is he will be deposed this time. He has lied. He committed fraud. He needs to be removed. This revered doc that you have on the agenda here, Ms. Johnson, this guy was supposed to put $8 million in Revere Copper Brass. He's at Higher Warner is supposed to put $8 million in. They're parking trucks there. They didn't create no Detroit jobs. You weren't here at the time, but you could talk to Benson. Benson was on the committee with Gabe Leland. I had $100,000 down on that property, and I had offered to purchase. Jim Nasita, the lawyer back here, lied to the federal bankruptcy court, said I didn't have an offer to purchase or a, a deposit on property. I'll be filing attorney grievance on him today. And he's lied to counsel, Bruce Goldman, and so forth. You can't have city employees lying to counsel. You rely on what they tell you. I spent a bunch of money. I was out of it. We wouldn't even be where we are today if did stuff right and brought me back to counsel. Right, Mr. Benson? Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Carmack. Morning, elected official. All. I'm Pierre Hayden, president of the Historic Boston Edison Association. And on behalf of our board of directors and our residents, I'm here in, for the council to be in support of our signage and banner campaign that we're trying to implement throughout the district of our historic association. Boston Edison is one of the few and one of the biggest associations in the country, and we believe this signage campaign will be a beautiful reflection of the city, our historic homes, and the entire city within the totality. Just hoping all city council members will vote in favor of this banner campaign, because I think it will be an excellent reflection of our beautiful city. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming down, Mr. Hayden. Appreciate you and the work that you all do. 
Mr. Cunningham. Good morning, honorable body. Good morning, everyone uh, listening. Um, last night's meeting went well. Um, it seemed like the mayor is receptive and understands the um, urgency uh, and the problems that we have with the uh, Detroit Department of Transportation. Um, Ann Arbor doesn't have a problem with bus drivers because they're paying the drivers real good. You may not be able to do that, but at least increase it some. I talk to the drivers all the time, especially when they get, thank you, Madam President, for getting them to uh, get the flyers for me instead of me doing it on my own. Um, but I'll go on the coach and say, Mr. Driver, can I announce and sit these flyers down here? And they'll do it and they talk to me. Um, but they, they, they complain about the wages, you know? And I know a few of them, I seen them when I was at Speedway where the smart bus ends and they, I said, you was DDOT. He said, yeah, Cunningham, I left. I left six months ago. There was a few of them. I said, that's really bad that they're leaving and going to smart bus. Um, but money talks. Eggs cost $4. You know, folks need some money, and folks are leaving. It's just practical. It's just practical. Something major has to be done. On Facebook, uh, for subservience Cunningham, and uh, you can dial 313-444-9114, and please listen, it's three minutes. I give out hand warmers and uh, bus tickets to those waiting at the stops. If anyone knows a whole pl wholesale place that I can purchase hand warmers, please let me know. And it was good to see you last night, Madam President, and good to see you last night, Councilwoman Calloway. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Cunningham. We appreciate you as always. Uh, I think that concludes our in-person public comment, so we'll now turn it over to our virtual callers. Good morning, Madam President. Uh, the first caller on Zoom is Tahira Amas. Good morning, Council and, and everyone. I want to uh, congratulate. Uh, could you uh, uh, let me start? Let me do the congratulations first and start my time. Thank you. I want to congratulate uh, the young people and the, and the organization that came out the streets outreach congratulations and thank you for what you're doing now i'd like to make my Cheers. i want to thank uh, mayor sheffield for standing with the homeowners of detroit and working on the, uh, uh, a uh, ami that reflects who we are and and what we're making here in the city also i want to thank angela whitfield calloway you are tremendous i saw you on the news we uh, you know you you need to be running for mayor uh, I love what you're doing. Thank you for helping us with our homes. We appreciate that. Uh, uh, mayor Coleman, yeah, Alexander Young was the greatest mayor we ever had. He eliminated stress, which was killing our people under the guise of the blue, uh, blue uh, shield. And we want to thank him, uh, uh, our ancestor, for that. We want the names of all those officers who shot and killed Porter Burks. We want the names of the officers uh, that killed uh, Asia Miller uh, on uh, uh, Meyer Street. We want them immediately fired, as as has been done in uh, uh, Memphis. And we want to also thank you guys for working on trying to get our housing and our money. Mary Sheffield, thank you. We we need our six hundred million dollars. We are under threat because of 
um, the situation with the COVID. We need our money right now. Uh, um, um, Mayor Duggan, that was a farce. We don't need slavery again that you did last night. Resign. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, the next caller is Karen Winston. Hello. Yes. Good morning, Ms. Winston. Yes. Good morning. Um, I'd like to speak on a couple things. Um, one thing that library, um, you know, it's illegal for the state of Michigan to um, for the legislatures to write any law uh, for one specific community. In other words, what I'm saying is it's illegal for only the city of Detroit library to suffer from the taxes, uh, the cap catch tax captured. So we got to get that out of there. They can't do that just for us. Um, another thing is the Department of Justice is ultimately responsible for the crime that is happening in the city of Detroit, so much so that when the city of Detroit Police Department was under um, uh, the control of the federal government, they were only um, fooled into releasing the city of Detroit. There was no um, sufficient uh, reform, uh, even though there was mandates. So the Department of Justice, they do have grants. The city of Detroit gets a COPS grant every year. So they were supposed to come up with certain protocol. And so all, none of this is new. So we should be able to look back. We should be able to track what we're doing with our cops grants as it relates to mental, uh, mental situations when it involves police, as it uh, results in, in the thing Councilwoman um, Callaway is referencing. We should have that. It should not be a secret. When you do something, there should be protocols already. It's not new. Risk Management Council, it's it, it's what's paying for the fires. It's paying for the lawsuits. There's a fund somewhere. We got to find it. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Uh, the next caller is Amy Senesi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Amy from District 5. I'm calling about the um, rezoning request for the proposed tiny home shelter near Cadillac Boulevard um, at Pennsylvania and Sylvester. I'm concerned because they are um, two, 240 square feet shacks with no bathroom or kitchen. The developers act like it looks better than a traditional shelter. There's gonna be a community center and gardens, but it will still be a traditional shelter in terms of funding and management. So it'll be a part of the carceral care system and the shelter system in Detroit, which is deplorable. Um, we're not talking just about the conditions of the buildings, but the treatment of the tenants in these shelters and the lack of low income and affordable housing options that are also safe and legal. So I don't understand how this is gonna be better. Um, and I'm concerned on, are we treating people like people? Are we putting, is this, is this humane? And also, it's, is this solving the problem? We've got all these AMI developments, uh, the shelter system, the failure of the rental compliance, the failure of right to counsel. All these solutions are not housing people safely. And it seems like there's a disconnect between pro projects like this and then actually coming up with real solutions to house people. In the um, that's all, thank you. All right, thank you. And um, we will make sure we uh, discuss that line item when it comes up for a vote today. I think today we're only setting a public hearing for that line item, um, but we'll make sure that we um, address your concerns. Thank you. Uh, Madam, Madam Chair, Chair, I know we're going, Madam Chair, yes. um, I know we're going to discuss it, um, line item 1715, but I agree with that caller 
Um, these tiny homes re remind me of slave shacks. Um, and I don't, don't think we should be housing people in slave-like shacks because that's what they look like. And we have to get away from that. I know we're going to have a more intense, more deliberate conversation about it. But in advance of that conversation, I want to state it for the record that I oppose these shelters, and they remind me of slave shacks. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Calloway. Okay, so we'll, we'll discuss it in more detail when we get to that line item after public comment. Um, our next caller, please. Uh, the next caller is Hammer. Okay. You. Hello. Hi, good My morning. My name is Karen Hammer, 40-year resident of District 2. I support the library comments. When the city purchased the fairgrounds land, Duggan said Detroit doesn't have a housing problem. Not true. That explains why he hasn't built truly all-income housing, housing integrating low-income with so-called affordable housing. New housing has been private, rarely public. Duggan said last night that people facing evictions have city-appointed lawyers. These lawyers have not proven effective, which is why the right to counsel passed overwhelmingly through counsel. Why can't Duggan fully finance right to counsel, a paltry $17 million from ARPA funds to keep residents in their homes and stabilize our neighborhoods, when he spends $200 million on his jobs program for only 1,200 residents. I asked Duggan, why are you allowing all these evictions to continue at a rate of over 70 a day without the right to counsel? Thank you. All right, thank you, Ms. Hammer. The next caller is Myra Tete. Hi, thank you. This is Myra Teta. Um, so thank you so much, honorable uh, council members. And first, I also want to thank Alternatives for Girls for their amazing work as we um, conclude Human Trafficking Month. And as we conclude it, it's definitely something that uh, continues to be on our hearts and minds. Um, I'm a District 4 resident and a lifelong Detroiter. Uh, last week, I spoke to the Neighborhood and Community Services Standing Committee. Um, and I just want to continue to give my support for the Unified Greenway Partnership. It's absolutely vital um, to complete our riverfront and then also uh, maintain the Joe Lewis Greenway. And just to make sure that I explain, I started um, Complete Streets and Complete Streets work. Um, sorry, Greenways and Complete Streets work back in 2010. And now I am a public health professional and just know how important it is to advocate for non-motorized transportation options. And then also during my dissertation research, I found that new developments in green space encourages blight remediation. And so when advocating for the DeQuinder cut years ago, um, it's beyond what we could have ever imagined. And so just imagine what uh, the city will be when we have the Joe Lewis Greenway completed. Residents will be able to get from point A to point B and we'll be able to remove a lot of greenhouse uh, gas emissions. So thank you so much. All right, thank you. Uh, the next caller is Stephen Howring. Um, can I be heard? 
Yes, you can. Good morning. Awesome. So yeah, um, a couple weeks ago, um, I was at Whole Foods and I saw a bus driver I haven't seen since the pandemic. And I asked, what's he doing? And he said he actually went to Windsor, um, Windsor Transit, because they pay over twice the amount DDOT does. And, you know, um, Detroit is currently the lowest in restored services. We're at 60%. (laughs) The only U.S. city that has a lower um, percentage than us is San Jose or Puerto Rico or San Juan, Puerto Rico. And, you know, this is just, these drivers need to get paid more. I mean, who's going to drive a city bus for 15 an hour when they could go to Ann Arbor for 28 an hour or Windsor for I think over 30 an hour or Smart for 20 an hour. I mean, and also um, the mayor said we have a $60 million surplus. I mean, even with the surplus, our transit funding is about less than half of what Cleveland, Ohio is. We need to double the funding. I mean, this is getting ridiculous. 20% of the city relies on public transit, the 10th largest in the nation. All right, thank you so much. Uh, the next caller is Frank Hammer. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, City Council and all who are listening to this call. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Good. Um, so my name is Frank Hammer, I'm District 2, and I'm a proud UAW GM retiree. It's time to push back on a myth that's been perpetrated on the citizens of Detroit by Mayor Duggan and his jobs administrator, Nicole Sherrard Freeman, which was repeated once again last night at the mayor's meeting. The myth that a $15 an hour wage represents a middle-class job Most of the jobs advertised on his PowerPoint are pegged to $15 an hour, and I appreciate the comments of the previous call. We need a living wage, and none other than Fortune Magazine, uh, in its headline article in September, said as much. It said, $15 an hour isn't enough. U.S. workers need a living wage. They provided a calculator for Wayne County of what a living wage is. And they determined that for one adult and one child, the minimum, the way, the living wage would be set $37.30. For two adults with two children with one adult working, it was $36.69. I agree with Councilwoman Callaway that Detroiters should not have to live in something that looked like slave shacks, nor do I think that workers should work for slave wages. Thank you very much. All right, thank you so much. Um, The next caller is Imara Hyman. Good morning, honorable honorable body. Thank you for allowing me to speak. Imara Hyman, District 6. I'd like to um, show my support of a council resolution to end tax captures and relieve Detroiters of the odious bond debt that right now our tax captures must pay through 2049. 
<clears throat> I'd also like for the <clears throat> council to see that the city reimbursed the library for the remaining funds stolen by wire fraud by an unnamed and unindicted city employee. I attended the session last night with the mayor and was really concerned like the previous call, the jobs that were listed, none of those people, if they got the jobs themselves, would be able to afford the affordable housing that's going to be built by the $50 million that was recently given to uh, one of those billionaires, because I think the housing was gonna cost $840 a month. That would not include someone's utilities, their insurance, their car insurance, their, it just wouldn't be enough. So that, and I also think that those jobs should be hinged to community benefit agreements because job training is not a job. He's talking about job training. We need to make sure that people actually have jobs. And so I think they should be attached to the community benefit agreements. All right, thank you. Uh, the next caller is Renard Munchansky. Good morning, can I be heard? Yes, good morning. Good morning, Madam President, and good morning, um, uh, residents that are listening. My name is Bernard Roshensky, and I'm the transit organizer with the Detroit People's Platform Transit Justice Team. And I want to talk a little bit about the operator crisis. So um, operators just lingo for a bus driver. And uh, this crisis in terms of people just leaving and going to higher paying jobs actually started before COVID. And this council has the opportunity before it to um, consider um, consider options um, in terms of a pay increase and benefits. And I just wanted to ask this body, um, how do we bring the driver's wage, a DDOT driver's wage up to an equitable level in comparison with other systems like uh, uh, the smart system, um, Ann Arbor, and systems outside of the state. And we're continually the, at the lowest at the bottom and expect so much from these drivers that are having to work overtime and sacrifice so much. So I wanted to know, what is this um, honorable body's plan to, um, and strategy to overhaul and make a DDOT career one of choice? One that is a middle-class job, one that is a, that has a rewarding career path, and one that is safe as well too. We have to understand that our drivers have to be safe, all of us are safe. Um, it, it's really important because this is, DDOT is crucial to the pandemic recovery. And, and it's essential to all of us. Thank you. All right, thank you so much, Bernard, and to uh, all of the residents that have called in so far regarding DDOT, just to let you all know, uh, I hear you, and I'm sure my colleagues um, hear you as well. I know that they hear you as well. Um, as we will be approaching um, the budget season, um, that is always a good time for us to advocate on your behalf and for additional resources to be provided to the Department of Transportation. So we do hear you, um, just want you to know um, that we are taking note and hear your concerns. Thank you. Our next caller, please. Uh, the next caller is phone number ending in 534. Yes, hello, may I be heard? Yes, you can, good morning. Yes, good morning. 
I would like to call out the betrayal of the Duggan administration, <clears throat> the Secretive Real Estate Committee, and Mary Sheffield, who betrayed the people in the Lower North End uh, by siding with a secretive uh, community development corporation and people in the neighborhood who planned in secret from their neighbors and then lied about some of their neighbors. So this is not equity and inclusion when the city hooks up a dishonest developer to the exclusion of the residents who live right there. Also, another example of how we don't have true equity and inclusion, I think all of the attorneys represent doing the right to counsel should be paid the same hourly rate as David Fink of Fink and Bressard. Look at item 16.1, being put, paid over four and a half million dollars you shouldn't settle with the Revere cookware. And if you want to build some uh, boxy, bougie housing called North End Landing, put it in Voight Park. And also, 10.14 is a whole bunch of money to test the bad dirt in the demo sites. And so this city can do way better. You're neglecting our youth and you're neglecting the residents with some fancy language that isn't true. All right, thank you, Ms. Worry. Uh, the next caller is Miko A. Williams. Hi, good morning, Council. D'Amico Williams, Chief Executive Director of Hydrate Detroit. I'm calling with a status report about the Detroit Water Shutoff Moratorium. No decision has been made yet as of Friday by Denise Page Hood, the judge. Uh, I want to implore city of Detroit residents, stop procrastinating. Stop playing around and stop playing games. Get on the Detroit Water and Sewage Department Water Affordability Lifeline Plan. Call Hydrate Detroit, 313-279-0608 if you are having a problem with your water right now. If you cannot pay the bill, we will help you get in the program. It's time to start bringing solutions. It's very clear that we must be a positive force in our city. Let's stop the bad headlines. Let's stop horsing around. This is people's lives. These are people. These are humans. Water is an essential human right. And I'm sick and tired of the games and the political shenanigans by all sides, council, city officials, the water department, and even some of us out here that want to deny people the, walk, the right to liberation. Water is an essential human right. It's a public and health safety issue, and we must stop shutting off water because us in the city of Detroit, we matter. All black lives matter in the city of Detroit to have clean, affordable water at a price we all should pay. Thank you. All right, thank you, uh, Miko. We appreciate you, and we'll continue to work with you to get as many people as we can in the life uh, lifeline plan, um, and we'd love to continue to work with you. So thank you for calling in. Our next caller, please. The next caller is Deborah Hill. Good morning, Deborah Hill. 
All right, um, all right, if we can go to can, our next. Oh, can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Sorry. My name is Deborah Hardison Hill. I'm a resident of District 4 and have lived in Detroit for 69 years. I have been a volunteer with the Detroit Riverfront Conservancy for about 10 years. I am in support of the Unified Green, Greenway Memorandum of Understanding between the Detroit Riverfront Conservancy and the Joe Lewis Greenway Partnership. This partnership will bring visitors to Detroit and continue economic future for the Detroit communities. When I speak of the people that come to Detroit, they appreciate all the changes that have occurred in Detroit. And I'm proud to say I am a resident when I talk to people. My hope is that this is just the beginning of developments throughout the city for jobs and safe places for all to enjoy in every neighborhood. I thank you for allowing me to speak at this meeting and to bring awareness of this wonderful projects and the partnerships. All right, thank you. The next caller is Robert. Good morning, Council. Good morning. This is Robert's show off of Benito and the impact area over here. And I had a couple questions. You, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, I just want to make sure. Um, <clears throat> one, I want to thank you guys for what you've been doing. I see you've been doing a few things concerning the people in the impact area over here. One, I like to be updated and I find out what's going on in the news and things of that nature or by whomever. That would be one thing important. I've been suffering over here and put a lot of work into this to be excluded. It's kind of weird to me, for one. Two, I'd like to have some input as to what we're going to do as far as going through this. I've placed resolutions with you guys that have been passed by the council in the past. So I also like to, you know, get some understanding as to what it is you guys are really asking for and pushing to the mayor. I mean, I understand the surface of it, but there's a difference in saying what you want and, you know, just saying that, okay, we're going to do something. So I would like to have some input in that. Um, and I basically would like to support the majority of the people who have made phone calls here to really talk about the lack of transparency in the administration and how things are being ran. And I, um, I haven't talked to you guys. Happy New Year. I haven't done any of that in a since this year's begun. But I'd also like to reiterate to you guys again, there's a charter and you guys should be holding the mayor <clears throat> accountable to different things. And that's all I have to say. Have a great day. All right. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you. Um, and the last caller who raised their hand before you cut off public comment is call in user one. Hello? Yes, good morning. Hello? Yes, good morning. We can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Good morning. Good afternoon, Madam President. I have two questions to ask this honorable body. The first question is, why haven't you all established when Metrolift changed with the different companies making a policy not to leave those of us who are disabled 
had an experience over this weekend where my cousin was picked up, um, taken to a grocery store. She had her pulley cart, and then she was left stranded um, because they claimed that she couldn't have but three bags, and she had that in her own little pulley cart. So they refused to transport her back home and just left her stranded, and she is disabled with MS. And that's dangerous in this kind of weather. That needs to be addressed immediate. That's an emergency. The next thing I'd like to state is I did not know that Mr. Dugan was going to have his annual meeting, um, but I noticed none of the funds cover cosmetology, barbering, manicuring, or aesthetics. Can you tell me why this is and when can it start covering those particular vocational skills um, that really help out those who want Yep, thank you so much, Ms. Shea, and um, we will uh, contact you to go over some of the programs that were mentioned yesterday and assist you uh, with your um, concerns as well. And I think that will conclude now our public comment. We thank everyone for taking the time to call in and both come down for our general public comment. And we will now go to our agenda for today. Understanding committee reports for the Internal Operations Standing Committee from the Office of Contracting and Procurement. Madam President, there are two contracts up for a vote today from the Internal Operations Standing Committee. Both contracts are for the Law Department. First contract up is contract number 600554, 100% city funding, amendment number 13, to provide an increase of funds only for legal representation to the city of Detroit in impending litigation involving claims against the city for ongoing cases. Contract is Fink, Bresick, PLLC. Total contract amount, $4,570,000. The next contract is contract number 600-3484-A2, 100% city funding, amendment number two, to provide an extension of time and an increase of funds for project management services to the city of Detroit, 36th District Court, and other stakeholders for the implementation plan for MIDC standards. Contract is Dwayne Anderson, DBA, Dwayne's World. Total contract amount, $18,000. Council Member Johnson, two resolutions, line items 16.1 and 16.2. Noted that line item 16.1 was postponed from last week's formal session. All right, thank you. Member Johnson. Thank you, Madam President. Move for discussion on line item 16.1. All right, discussion. Thank you. I do recognize that there were several questions that were raised uh, last week, and um, I'm not sure if we have someone here who can address those questions or if my colleagues received responses. Good morning. Your, oh, I almost said your honor. I feel like I'm on the other <laughs> side of the building again litigating. Um, uh, through the chair, Graham Anderson, Law Department. Um, I have not completed um, all the answers yet. I, I thank you for your patience. Um, if I could ask for one more week uh, to get the responses for the fee contract, we should be able to have everything answered by then. Member Johnson. Thank you, Madam President. Um, move motion to postpone line item 16.1 for one week. 
right. Motion has been made. Are there any objections to postpone for one week? Hearing none, that motion carries. Member Johnson. Thank you, Madam President. Move for approval on line item 16.2. Motion has been made for approval. Are there any objections? Hearing none, that motion carries. Um, Corporation Counsel, are you here for a line item? You can come up. Good morning. Your microphone is in I thought that we were going to be doing right to council, but then I heard you say that you're going to be referring it to uh, just for a committee um, uh, consideration. Yes, it was listed as a referral to uh, internal ops to be taken up this week and voted out hopefully next Tuesday. Okay. All right. Is that going to have any issues on implementation and timing? No. I, I, we, we, you and I have a conversation uh, with uh, Ms. Tanya Phillips-Meyer this, uh, this afternoon. So uh, actually that will give us some time to really discuss what the uh, expansion of the program might look like based on conversations you've had with uh, Mayor Duggan. So we're in good shape. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for coming down. We appreciate you. And we will continue now to the law department. Councilmember Johnson, 12 resolutions, line items 16.3 through 16.14. Councilmember Johnson. Thank you, Madam President. Move for approval on line item 16.3 through 16.14. These are various lawsuit settlement requests. All right. Motion has been made. Any objections? Um, discussion. All right, discussion, Member Santiago Romero. Thank you, Madam President. Uh, I would actually like to request to bring 1614 or to postpone 1614 uh, for one week. This is regarding the settlement, um, regarding the matter of reward dock, something that happened in our district. Um, I have some questions for BCED uh, when it comes to how are we holding companies along the river account accountable. Um, I have a few more questions in that, and I just ask for one week for me to be able to meet with them before we move this forward. Dr. Powers. No problem. All right, so there's a motion to um, bring line item 16.14 back in one week. Are there any objections? Hearing none, that motion carries. And Member Johnson. Thank you, Madam President. Move for approval line item 16.3 through 16.13. All right, motion has been made. Any objections? Hearing none, the 11 resolutions will be approved from the Human Resources Classification and Compensation Division. Councilmember Johnson, a resolution, line item 16.15. Uh, Councilmember Johnson. Thank you, Madam President. Move for approval. Motion has been made for approval. Any objections? Hearing none, that one resolution will be approved. Under resolutions? Councilmember Johnson, a resolution, line item 16.16. Councilmember Johnson. Thank you, Madam President. Move for approval on line item 16.16. This is a resolution to appoint Teresa Dubos to the Property Tax Board of Review to represent District 4. Motion has been made. Any objections? Hearing none, the one resolution will be approved. From the Planning and Economic Development Standing Committee from the Office of Contracting and Procurement. 
Madam President, there are 11 contracts up for a vote today from the Planning and Economic Development Standing Committee. All contracts are for housing and revitalization. First up, we have contract number 6004000, 100% ARPA funding, amendment number one, to provide an increase of funds and, um, and amend the scope of services for attorneys to serve as Detroit Landlord-Tenant Legal Counsel, representing Detroit residents in eviction proceedings. Contract is Hassan M. Murhai, Esquire. Total contract amount, $74,000. Next contract is contract number 6004096821 grant funding, amendment number two, to provide an extension of time and an increase of funds for shelter operation that support families and individuals experiencing homelessness. Uh, contractors, Detroit Rescue Mission Ministries, total contract amount, $714,339.85. The next contract is contract number 6003622821% grant funding, amendment number two, to provide an extension of time to complete roofing repairs to residential properties for the Bridging Neighborhoods Program. Contract is Lake Star Construction Services, Inc. Total contract amount, $181,615.70. The next contract is contract number 6003623821% grant funding, amendment number two, to provide an extension of time to complete interior repairs to residential properties for the Bridging Neighborhoods Program. Contract is Lake Star Construction Services, Inc. Total contract amount, $205,645. The next contract is contract number 6004586A1, 100% ARPA funding, amendment number one, to provide an increase of funds for additional roof replacement and related construction services. Contract is Great Lakes Roofing, Inc. Total contract amount, $1,344,000. The next contract is contract number 6004848, 100% grant funding to provide outreach and engagement services to individuals experiencing homelessness. Contractor is Motor City Mitten Mission, total contract amount $150,000. The next contract is contract number 6003982A2, 100% grant funding, amendment number one, to provide an extension of time for window, door, and siding installations exterior painting, electrical, plumbing, HVAC, plaster and drywall to residential properties for the Bridging Neighborhoods Program. Contract is Lake Star Construction Services, Inc. Total contract amount, $540,000. Next contract is contract number 6004160, 100% ARPA funding, amendment number two, to provide an extension of time only for attorneys to serve as Detroit Landlord Tenant Legal Counsel, representing Detroit residents in eviction proceedings. Contract is Atisha Law, PLLC. Amended contract amount is zero. The next contract is contract number 6004051, 100% ARPA funding, amendment number two, to provide an extension of time only for attorneys to serve as Detroit landlord tenant legal counsel representing Detroit residents in eviction proceedings. Contract is Babby Law Firm, PLLC. Amended contract amount is zero. The next contract is contract number 6003621A2, 100% grant funding, amendment number two, to provide an extension of time to complete exterior repairs to residential properties for the Bridging Neighborhoods Program. Contract is Lake Star Construction Services, Inc. Total contract amount, $97,938.50. 
The last contract is an amended contract, contract number 600-4869, city funding, to provide, full, to provide full renovations at the following Bridging Neighborhoods program properties, 6080 Evergreen and 9432 Long Acre. Contract is Joseph Contractor, Inc., total contract amount, $246,290. Council President Pro Tem Tate, 11 resolutions, line items 17.1 through 17.11. Thank you. President Pro Tem Tate. Madam President, move approval, line items 17.1 through 17.11, please. Any discussion? Yes. Discussion, discussion? Madam Chair. Right. I see two hands. Uh, Member Calloway followed by Member Santiago Ramiro. Thank you so much, Madam Chair. Um, I still have concerns about um, the contract increases for legal counsel for the Detroit Landlord Tenant Legal Counsel. Um, we're not supposed to, according to the program, it's a four-page document that the city approved. They're not supposed to be getting like a salary. They're supposed to be invoicing the city. I've gotten no evidence that that's been happening. They're supposed to um, have client names, information, phone numbers, addresses, and proof of executed conditional dismissal for all these contracts. And we are sitting here getting ready to, ex well, I don't know. I'm not going to vote in favor of it. I've been asking for the same information for two weeks. I held them up during recess. Three got by. But they're supposed to be, their payment is conditional. People are still being evicted. We heard today 70 people, mostly black women, 70 women a day. So are these attorneys actually making appearances in court? How do we know if they are or not? It doesn't sound like to me that they are. Women are still getting evicted. They're not supposed to get paid until they get dismissals in favor of the tenant. And that's what the program says. A four-page document, it's online, it's on the city's website. So um, I, I can't support um, extending $75,000 to, um, I guess he lives in Harbortown, apartment number 1306. How do we know he's even showing up in court? We don't have any proof. So I would ask, I mean, I don't know if I can hold it up again because it's here for a vote, but I will not be voting in favor of it. We don't have an ev any evidence that the program is working, but we're still willing to um, pay these attorneys and extend their contracts all the way through September and using ARPA dollars. So, Madam Chair, I thank you, um, but I will be a no on um, these particular line items, 17.1, um, 17.8, and 17.10. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. So just to the law department, I'm not sure if someone here can speak on um, some of the comments that were raised, um, because that's pretty serious if people are not actually providing um, representation for individuals and we are paying them to do so. So can you speak to that, please? Yeah, absolutely. Through the chair, it's my understanding that um, HRD would be best uh, posed to answer these questions. Um, uh, so I'm not sure if there's a representative here uh, to speak on that matter. Uh, Madam Chair, Washington, if we could um, possibly get someone who can speak to these contracts and we can postpone them to the end of the agenda. Yeah. Okay. And Madam Chair, they're supposed to actually invoice the city. We're not supposed to be sitting here getting ready to approve a $75,000 contract when they're supposed to submit invoices. And it's on the city's website. Okay. And I don't think we're following. If we are, you know, I'd like to see the, um, the evidence of it. Thank you, Madam Chair. All right. Thank you, Member Calloway. Mr. Yes, Washington. Yes, Madam Chair. Um, Chelsea Neblet is online, as well as 
Valerie McIntosh. If we can um, move those individuals over, please. Hmm? Okay. Uh, Madam President, they've both been promoted. They just have to accept the promotion. Okay. okay. Uh, I believe Ms. McIntosh has been promoted. She needs to turn on her camera, though. All right. We see both of you all. If you can just state your name and titles for the record, and I'm not sure if you were able to hear Councilmember Callaway's questions and concerns, and if so, if you can please respond. Good morning. Um, through the Good chair, morning. my name is Chelsea Neblett. I am the Program Director for Housing Services, and on with me, we have Valerie McIntosh, um, who is the Program Manager for Emergency Rental Assistance. All right. Thank you. Um, can you please respond to the concerns of my colleague, please? Absolutely. Um, through the chair to council member Callaway, these contracts are a bill up to amount. You are correct that there is an invoice um, that is submitted for every case that is represented by a DLTLC attorney that is referred from legal services um, for residents that have a SARA application but also have eviction proceedings in court. Um, they do submit with um, that invoice request a conditional dismissal, and I will turn it over um, to Valerie McIntosh to walk through that process. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Chelsea. Uh, through the chair of the council member Callaway. Yes, once we receive the invoice packet from the attorney that is submitted to um, our staff for review in HRD, and then we proceed with sending that whole packet through our DocuSign process to the finance department, who also has a second eye on everything and to make sure that the conditional dismissal is included, or any other relevant information, including the ROA, which has the whole docket, and it also contains resident information. Um, there is a there is a fee system that is set up for for um, cases that may not receive the conditional dismissal, but they are dismissed through our system. Um, payments are issued to the attorneys after we have vetted all the pertinent information has been submitted by the DLTLC attorneys. Um, that's the only way they receive payment is once we receive a complete packet through the process. All right. Thank you. Member Callaway. Yes. Thank you, Madam Chair. I, I'm just not, um, I don't have a lot of faith in this, um, in this program. I think we're paying attorneys. If they are showing up, they're not, um, representing these, um, clients in my opinion, doesn't seem like it in a zealous fashion, which attorneys are required by law to do. Um, they need to be repre represented in a zealous way. And these um, folks that come before this council are still getting evicted. So if an attorney from the city, they're going to get paid either way. Because if you're giving them an extension on this up to next September, and they're invoicing us, how do we know that they're actually going to court representing these clients um, and just not making a, a, a quick appearance? How do we know they're not really advocating for these clients? Because we have a, an attorney from Kegel Harbor. We have someone doing business. I mean, I know we can work out of our apartments, but what? I don't see any African American lawyers on the, women lawyers on any of these rotations. 
And, and that, that really matters because they understand the women, they have something in common with the clients that they're representing, and they understand the culture of 36th District Court, which is really unique. So I don't know how we are awarding contracts to someone um, out of Kego Harbor. I think they might be making an appearance and then they're out of there and they invoice you, but I don't think they're really giving their best representation because why are we still seeing 70, 70 women getting evicted every single day? They're not supposed to be getting evicted if they have counsel. It says it in the program. If you have representation, you should be able to stall it and put your money in escrow. So I'm just concerned about the legal re representation that may not be receiving, but we're still paying. Thank you, Madam Chair. All right, thank you. Um, did any of you want to respond? Yes, um, through the chair to Council Member Callaway. So I just want to make sure um, this is just related to Sarah rental assistance applications. So for residents who have applied for rental assistance through the ERAP program, which is a separate and distinct award from ARPA, even though it was authorized under um, the American Rescue Act plan, this is just for those residents that have Sarah applications where legal services refer over to DLTLC attorneys. So the bulk of the work is done in that rental assistance application to provide that rent and utility support to the resident and the conditional dismissal is just needed um, to resolve the eviction. So this, this program comes with that rental assistance dollars and is not um, meant to provide full representation right to counsel. Um, and it was set up solely to resolve the evictions for residents that are going to be approved for that rent assistance. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, thank you. Thank you for that. And I'm looking at the fee schedule for Sarah and it's a part of the program. So I know about the fee schedule and I know that it is 100% Sarah case or funded. So that funded ending, now we're tapping into ARPA dollars. So I'm just not sure that the, I'm sorry? Because it says ARPA here, 100% ARPA. You're shaking your head. No, but I'm looking at the program. I'm looking at the program and I'm looking at the fee schedule. And I'm looking at 100% Sarah Case conditional dismissal. I'm also looking at what they have to comply with these attorneys. And then I'm also looking at if the case is complicated, if it can be led to a, if it can lead to a final dismissal, then they get an additional $350. So I'm looking at your fee schedule now. Through the chair to member Kelly, I just want to uh, provide a point of clarification for the funding source. So this is ERAP dollars, emergency rental assistance program dollars that came directly from U.S. Treasury to the city of Detroit. It was authorized under the ARPA program, but this funding source, ERAP, is separate and distinct from the additional ARPA award that the city of Detroit received. Why doesn't say that then? I'm sorry, Madam Chair. I'm looking at 100% ARPA dollars. If it's some other program that's a sub um, program under ARPA, it should be listed here. I'm looking at it. It says 100% ARPA funding. So um, I don't have any other questions, Madam Chair. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Member Calloway. Is there any, any additional um, discussion? Yes, Member Santiago Ramiro. Thank you, Madam President. My question is for line item 17.6. Um, just wondering if anybody here from HRD um, can let us know whether or not we're going to receive progress reports. Um, to Member Calloway's points, we, we fund a lot of really good ideas. This would like to verify what we're funding and what services we're providing and what that looks like. So I'm not sure if someone can let us know whether or not we're able to receive quarterly reports regarding Mortar City Mitten and their outreach and engagements for folks that are experiencing homelessness. 
Um, I'm not sure who that, Mr. Washington. Yes, um, Tara Lindsner is online. All right. We can bring Tara Lindsner over, please. Good afternoon, honorable body. Good afternoon. Uh, through you, madam. So sorry. Uh, if you would um, usually have them, would you like for her to? Yep. I was just, yep. Tara, if you could just state your name and title, please. Tara Lindsner, Homelessness Solutions Director in HRD. All right. And were you able to hear member Santiago Ramiro's question? I believe so. Through the chair, um, hopefully I got all of the question, but uh, this agency will be submitting monthly reports on the number of folks outreached. Um, they also will be submitting uh, quarterly reports that will be cumulative throughout the grant year uh, that will look at how many folks um, were exited to emergency shelter, how many folks were connected to permanent supportive housing and moved into permanent supportive housing, and overall the number of people that were outreached in general. All of our homelessness um, service, all of our homelessness solutions contracts require that of our subrecipients. Thank you. Thank you, Madam President. All right, thank you. Any additional uh, uh, discussion? All right, hearing none, Pro Tem Tate has already moved these for approval. Any objections? Objection. Um, Member Calloway? Um, 17.1, 17.8, and 17.9, if you can show me as a no. The Was it no? nine or 10? Um, it would be nine. nine, I corrected it. It's 17.1, 17.8, and 17.9, the Detroit Landlord Tenant Legal Council contracts. Thank you. Purpose, so no. Any other objections? Hearing none, um, the 11 resolutions will be approved. Madam President. Pro Tem Tate. Request for waivers on line items 17.3, 17.4, 17.5, 17.6, 17.7, 17.8, as well as 17.10, please. Um, what, any you know, 17.3 through 17.7, as well as 17.10, request for waivers. All right, waiver has been requested in pro tem are any of those legal representations? Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. Motion has been made for a waiver. Hearing no objections, that motion carries for a waiver on those line items. All right, from the Office of the Chief Financial Officer, Office of Development and Grants. Council President Pro Tem Tate, a resolution, line item 17.12. President Pro Tem Tate. Madam President, move approval on line item 17.12, please. Motion has been made for approval, and this is the Michigan State Historic Preservation Office for fiscal year 2023. Local government grants. Are there any objections? Hearing none, the one resolution will be approved. From the City Planning Commission. Council President Pro Tem Tate, an introduction of an ordinance, line item 17.13. Pro Tem Tate. Madam President, I move that the ordinance be read twice by title, ordered printed, and laid on the table. Hearing no objections, that action will be taken. From the City Planning Commission. Council President Pro Tem Tate, a resolution setting a public hearing, line item 17.14. Pro Tem Tate. 
Madam President, move approval of line item 17.14 for a date to be determined, please. Hearing no objections, the resolution will be approved for the scheduling of a public hearing. From the City Planning Commission. Council President Pro Tem Tate, an introduction of an ordinance, line item 17.15. Pro Tem Tate. Madam President, I move that the ordinance be read twice by title, ordered printed, and laid on the table. All right. Um, this is, if we can move it for a discussion. Move to discuss, please. Um, I'm not sure if there is anyone here. This is regarding the tiny homes. I know there was several public comment regarding this particular line item. Yep, Madam President, yes. if I may. Yes. Yep. So I, I was going to make comment during public comment, but I wanted to wait until the okay. item actually got here. Uh, City Planning Commission did approve this project uh, with the condition that sanitation would be included. Uh, the committee also backed that up. We did have that discussion in committee. And so uh, this, the idea that they will not have uh, plumbing or sanitation inside of the facility is, is not true. And we can have someone from City Planning Commission or uh, someone else to back that up. But uh, Mr. Todd is there on the screen. All right, Director Todd, I see you on the screen. If you can just give us a high level overview. Um, and then also if there was any community engagement done with that particular neighborhood um, as it relates to bringing these uh, tiny homes into that community as well. Certainly, Madam President, good morning to you. Good morning to this honorable body. I believe Chris Gulak is in the audience and uh, can be brought in for additional information on this. Uh, certainly the Planning Commission is very keenly aware of the optics, if you will, and some of the clearly and easily uh, associated uh, imagery and concerns with this proposal. Uh, for that reason and a number of others, it is why the matter actually had two public hearings as the rezoning itself was modified and the commission was both concerned with the capacity of the petitioner to undertake this matter as well as the implications thereof. Uh, we did do, uh, uh, we as well, or along with the petitioner, did do community outreach. And as the report indicates, there is actually support within the community for the proposal. And we did hear similar opposition as was heard here today, as well as at the last uh, meeting of the Planning and Economic Development Standing Committee. With regard to the sanitation issue, as President Pro Tem Tate indicated, the commission did end up favoring this proposal with the condition that those items be added. The uh, Housing and Revitalization Department did join us um, as we looked to them for some understanding of this particular uh, housing type and the various issues that are currently facing uh, our homeless population. We identified several other cities where this particular proposal or this particular type is uh, already being utilized and met with representatives from two different cities uh, in that regard. And uh, we're able to receive significant education. We, we recognize that there are certain uh, segments of our homeless population who will never come into a shelter. Uh, one of the hopes with this particular mechanism, this uh, offering, this type, uh, is that it would be more acceptable to some of those who would not come into your standard uh, mm -hmm. congregant or even non-congregant uh, 
enclosed environment, but uh, take on this tiny home option as it uh, is successfully implemented in a number of other cities. One thing I would like to note with regard to that is in some of the other cities, we see it implemented uh, in what actually looks like a storage yard for these types of facilities uh, where the units are just uh, uh, set in place on a gravel or a uh, concrete, uh, a, a paved lot. Uh, whereas here, what we're seeing is a pastoral setting being created for that. Unfortunately, yes, as indicated, it does carry an imagery with it that, again, the commission and others were sensitive to and spoke to. Ultimately, the commission felt that this item was worthy of being advanced and considered uh, following the separate, the second rather public hearing, again, with the conditions as indicated. And again, Mr. Gulak can provide any additional, certainly able, happy to answer any other questions that council may have. All right, thank you, um, Director Todd. Mr. Gulak, did you have anything additional? Uh, good afternoon, Chris Gulak, uh, LPG staff. Uh, no, Director Todd did a great job. I just wanted to add that yeah, a lot of cities across the U.S. are adding this as an option to serve persons who are homeless. Um, and Detroit's zoning ordinance really doesn't allow this right now. So the Planning Commission uh, has recommended a plan development PD to allow this to be considered. Uh, but there is a national debate. Some people don't like these, some people do. Uh, in our report, we kind of list the pros and cons. So encourage council to look that over. But this is to set the hearing to continue debating whether this is a good uh, land use for Detroit. Thank you. And um, Mr. Gulag, are you familiar with the current tiny homes that are off the Lodge Freeway? There are in District 5. Are these similar as in, uh, in the size or are these smaller than the current ones that we currently have now? Smaller. Uh, Madam Chair, um, yeah, I am familiar with those units. I think I took a tour of them. Um, th those were, I believe, built by Chaos Community. Um, well, these ones are smaller. The ones for the shelter are supposed to be smaller. Uh, the ones on the lodge are almost considered tiny houses. They're almost tiny residences where a person either, I think, rents or buys them and lives there as a permanent house. Um, so the shelter, the tiny home shelter, the, the proposed um, units are much smaller. Uh, they're more for transitional housing uh, to service homeless persons. Um, so they're much smaller than the ones off of the lodge um, freeway. All right, thank you. Um, any other discussion? And just um, for my colleagues, this is just to set the, another public hearing pro tem tape? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so this is just to set uh, an additional public hearing that would take place in committee. Um, Member Calloway? Yeah, um, thank you, Madam Chair. Mr. Is it Gulak? Yes. yes. You said there were two public hearings. How many were in attendance at each one of those public hearings? Because I can't imagine, um, I mean, just because the, the uh, we've seen some other things that have happened in this city. Um, it hasn't been good for the city after all. Like, the, I guess, the Hans um, tree farm, we saw that didn't work out like it was supposed to. Um, but I'm just so concerned about all these things happening in our city. We have to decide sometimes it's not, it's not going to always be easy what's in the best interest of the citizens. And I just don't believe this project is. Uh, I think it's a poor use of land. I think they need to have a home um, and not a shack or shed, because that's what it is. Um, what's going to be in the sheds? And then going back to my original question, how many people were at those two public hearings? 
Uh, through the chair, yeah, I'm looking at my report. In our report, the, the first hearing was held, well, first I should say they, they had a, a community meeting in January um, with about 14 participants. Of, that was virtual at the time. Um, and then April 2022, 2022, the commission had a public hearing um, that was attended by, hold on that had five persons spoke, two in support and three with concerns or questions. And then the second public hearing was held in July. And I think that had a similar number, about five persons who spoke. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's that. Thank you, Madam Chair. That's my concern. We have five people, three opposing, five people, three opposing. The majority said they don't want it. And I just don't believe we're listening to the people, although there were only five people in each public hearing. I mean, it's like we forced these projects on people who don't want it. And, and, we, and we, we convince ourselves that they want it because other cities are doing it. Well, what's good for other cities may not always be good for our city. And, and these are sheds, and we know that they are. But somebody's going to be charging. How much per shed? Is it, how, how, much are, how much is the rent? I don't even know if this is zero. the time for that discussion. Zero. It's zero. Okay. It, well, it should be zero. Um, it should be zero. But anyway, that's, that's my statement, um, and I do not support it. Thank you, Madam Chair. All right, thank you. Thank you, Member Calloway. Member Johnson? Thank you, Madam President. So this is in District 4. Um, there has been a fair amount of discussion with residents who are in that immediate community. Um, I believe that was the first meeting that Mr. Gulak mentioned um, where there were community leaders that were present and they did have several questions or concerns that were raised. Uh, they were addressed. Uh, I know that we don't often talk about the auxiliary uh, facilities that will be provided in addition to these shelters. Um, but as we move forward with the uh, public hearing, we'll make sure that all of that information is provided to community for everyone to understand the uh, level of support that essentially is being offered to uh, residents who are homeless in the area. Thank you, Madam President. All right, thank you, um, Member Johnson Pro Tem Tate. Yeah, and, and I agree. We've got to meet folks where they are. Uh, as been mentioned, there are some folks who don't want to be a part of a larger system, and they do want to be uh, separate from the rest of the population. These individuals who are taking up this particular opportunity will not have to pay any rent. Uh, and they are allowed to stay there as long as they want to stay there. So they're not pushed out every night and then swap another person in and out. Um, and as uh, Member Johnson indicated, there's an auxiliary location as well for them to uh, obtain any other needs that they may have. It also, as mentioned, uh, has sanitation inside. So um, I know it's mentioned that it resembles slave quarters. Uh, I would never, ever approve anything or recommend or suggest an approval of slave quarters for residents of the city of Detroit. When I see these individuals, I see folks who I feel could be family members of mine, and I take this very, very seriously. I don't want this bombastic language for folks to listen out here believing that we are placing folks into slave quarters, and that is absolutely not the case. Move approval. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Pro Tem. Yeah. Thank you, Madam All right, Chair. All right, so we, we're, we can move uh, this for approval, and just for the uh, general public, approval today is not approving the rezoning. Right. This is just for an additional uh, public hearing that will take place in the Planning and Economic Development Committee. And so the motion has been made to set the public hearing. Madam Are Chair. There, yes, discussion yeah. still? Yes. yes. Member Calloway? I stand by what I said. 
um, about it looking like a slave quarter because that's what it looks like. When you look up slave quarters on your phone, just Google it. Take a minute to Google it. It looks just like a shed. And I stand by what I said. Thank you, Madam Chair. Oh, I have not got to that yet. Okay, okay, thank you. All right, so motion has been made for the setting of a public hearing. No? I'm sorry. We're on line item 17.15 just to introduce. To introduce. Okay, sorry about that. Thank yes, you. Uh, motion has been made. Are there any objections? All right. The clerk will note. Clerk will so note. All right, that motion is approved. And from the City Planning Commission. Council President Pro Tem Tate, a resolution setting a public hearing, line item 17.16. Pro Tem Tate. My President, move approval of line item 17.16 for a day to be determined. Right. Motion has been made, and this is for the scheduling of a public hearing. Are there any objections? Hearing none, the one resolution will be approved for the scheduling of a public hearing. From the City Planning Commission. Council President Pro Tem Tate, an introduction of an ordinance, line item 17.17. Pro Tem Tate. Madam President, I move that the ordinance be read by twice, excuse me, read twice by title, ordered printed, and laid on the table. Hearing no objections, that action will be taken. From the City Planning Commission. Council President Pro Tem Tate, a resolution setting a public hearing, line item 17.18. Pro Tem Tate. The president moves to approve line item 17.18 for a day to be determined. Hearing no objections, that one resolution will be approved. From the Historic Designation Advisory Board. Council President Pro Tem Tate, a resolution, line item 17.19. Pro Tem Tate. My president move approval line item 17.19, please. Motion has been made for approval. Are there any objections? Hearing none, the one resolution will be approved from the Housing and Revitalization Department. President Pro Tem Tate, two resolutions, line items 17.20 through 17.21. Uh, Pro Tem Tate. I'm going to President move approval line item 17.20 and 17.21. Motion has been made for approval, and this uh, is for a commercial rehabilitation certificate and also the uh, revisions to awards for our annual home in CDBG for two for Mariners Inn, Left Field, and Brush Watson. Are there any objections? Hearing none, the two resolutions will be approved. And if the clerk will note that we have been joined by Member Young. Clerk will so note. Thank you. From the Legislative Policy Division. Madam President, we have a amended um, resolution for this. Council President Pro Tem Tate, um, an amended resolution, line item 17.22. All right, Pro Tem Tate. Madam President, move approval of line item 17.22 as amended. Right. And hopefully everyone did receive the amended resolution that changes the date. Um, originally, I think we were scheduled to meet on President's Day and that date has now been changed. Um, just for discussion really quick, uh, Mr. Todd, Director Todd. Yes, Madam President, again, greetings to you and the members of this honorable body. Uh, it, as you indicated, uh, you made the 
you made the point with us that uh, the 20th is President's Day, and while this is not a day that the city of Detroit acknowledges as a holiday, certainly others may, in fact, uh, be on holiday. And that being the case, it might be best to make the adjustment. We did look at uh, some other options, moving to the previous week or the week thereafter, but there are conflicts with uh, public health and safety standing committee and their hearing schedule with dangerous buildings. So we determined it was best to simply start later. What this will likely do is require the proposed Friday deliberative session in order to complete your deliberations on this matter. In most years of recent, uh, in, in, in recent years, I should say, uh, you've actually been able to complete your deliberations by Thursday. So uh, we would anticipate following past practice that uh, this move would simply mean that you would have to engage the scheduled, uh, proposed to be scheduled Friday meeting in order to complete your deliberations. All right, thank you, Director Todd. All right, any, dis All right. any discussion? All right, hearing none, Pro Tem Tate has moved uh, the resolution for approval. Are there any objections? Hearing none, the one resolution will be approved. From the Planning and Development Department. Pro Tem Tate. Madam President, move approval line item 17.23. Motion has been made for approval. Are there any objections? Hearing none, the one resolution will be approved. Madam President? Yes. Request for waiver on line item 17.23, please. Waiver has been requested, and this is again for the transfer of 8374 Homer to the Detroit Land Bank Authority for the Bridging Neighborhoods Program. Any objection to a waiver? Hearing none, that motion carries. For the Public Health and Safety Standing Committee from the Office of Contracting and Procurement. Madam President, there are 36 contracts up for a vote today from the Public Health and Safety Standing Committee. First up, we have contract number 6004311, 100% city funding to provide land use, search, zoning maps, permit scoping summaries, fee estimations, and reports in multilingual translatable text online for customer use. Contractors Open Counter Enterprises, Inc., total contract amount, $607,085, and this is for building and safety. The next contract is contract number 600-4885, city funding, to provide bus, tire purchase, repair, recapping, and scrapping services. Contract is Schrader Tire and Oil, Inc., total contract amount, $2,750,000, and this contract is for transportation. The next contract is contract number 6004720 to provide 44 chest compression devices, 50 12 ECG monitors, batteries, accessories, and warranties. Contract is Stryker Sales LLC, total contract amount $2,136,965.63, and this contract is for the fire department. The next contract is contract number 6004792 to provide various EMS medical supplies. Contract is Bound Tree Medical LLC. Total contract amount $1,154,000. And this contract is for the fire department. 
The next contract is contract number 306-1946 to provide an emergency demolition for the residential property at 13432 Hampshire. Contract is SC Environmental Services, LLC. Total contract amount, $23,975. And this contract is for city demolition. The next contract is contract number 306-1986 to provide an emergency demolition for the residential property at 4642 Springle. Contract is SC Environmental Services, LLC. Total contract amount, $18,650. And this contract is for city demolition. The next contract is contract number 306-2791 to provide an emergency demolition for the residential property at 13544 Arlington. Contract is SC Environmental Services, LLC. Total contract amount, $16,873. And this contract is for city demolition. The next contract is contract number 306-1945 to provide an emergency demolition for the residential property at 3646 East Willis. Contract is SC Environmental Services, LLC. Total contract amount, $19,150. And this contract is for city demolition. The next contract is contract number 306-1944, city funding to provide an emergency demolition for the residential property at 13547 Dequinder. Contract is SC Environmental Services, LLC. Total contract amount, $22,395. And this contract is for city demolition. The next contract is contract number 600-2912 to provide an increase of funds only for construction services for the West McNichols Streetscape Project. Contract is Major Contracting Group, Inc. Total contract amount, $5,644,291.55. And this contract is for Public Works. The next contract is contract number 600-3302 to provide an extension of time only for to provide proposal in residential demolition. Contract is Moss Company, LLC. Total contract amount, $950,000. $265.75, and this contract is for city demolition. The next contract is contract number 600-3307 to provide an extension of time only for demolition services for proposal in demolition. Contract is inner city contracting, LLC. Total contract amount, $1,121,400, and this contract is for city demolition. The next contract is contract number 600-3303 to provide an extension of time only for to provide proposal in residential demolition. Contract is Detroit Next, Inc. Total contract amount, $1,111,727.40. And that contract is for city demolition. The next contract is contract number 600-3309 to provide an extension of time only for demolition services for proposal in demolition. Contract is Innocent Contracting, LLC. Total contract amount, $1,300,267.20. And this contract is for city demolition. The next contract is contract number 600-3315 to provide an extension of time only for demolition services for proposal in demolition. Contractors inner city contracting, LLC. Total contract amount is $1,351,161. And this contract is for city demolition. The next contract is contract number 600-3308 uh, to provide an extension of time only for to provide proposal in residential demolition. Contract is Detroit Next, Inc. Total contract amount, $1,193,544.45. And 
and this contract is for city demolition. The next contract is contract number 6004929 to provide street debris, hauling, and disposal services. Contract is Decima, LLC, total contract amount, $940,000, and this contract is for public works. The next contract is contract number 6004920 to provide fire suppression services via source well cooperative agreement. Contract is Johnson Controls Fire Protection Limited, total contract amount, $235,000, and this is a citywide contract. The remaining contracts are all for city demolition. Uh, contract number 6003318 to provide an extension of time only for demolition services for proposal in demolition. Contract is inner city contracting LLC. Total contract amount $1,226,253. Next contract is contract number 6003317 to provide an extension of time only for to provide proposal in residential demolition. Contract is Moss Company, LLC. Total contract amount, $927,022.95. Next contract is contract number 3062038 to provide an emergency demolition for the residential property at 8128 East Robin Wood. Contract is SC Environmental Services, LLC. Total contract amount, $18,950. Next contract is contract number 3062359 to provide an emergency demolition for the residential property at 2408 McPherson. Contract is SC Environmental Services, LLC. Total contract amount, $19,750. Next contract is contract number 6004942 to provide proposal in trash out. Contract is Emerging Industries Training Institute. Total contract amount, $111,195. Next contract is contract number 6004941 to write proposal in trash out. Contract is Emerging Industries Training Institute. Total contract amount $115,710. Next contract is contract number 3062686 to provide an emergency demolition for the residential property at 3741 Cortland. Contract is SC Environmental Services LLC. Total contract amount $18,150. Next contract is contract number 3062250 to provide an emergency demolition for the residential property at 146804. <coughs> contract is SC Environmental Services, LLC. Total contract amount, $18,750. Next contract is contract number 3062254 to provide an emergency demolition for the residential property at 17298 Goldburn. Contract is SC Environmental, total contract amount $17,750. Next contract is contract number 3054517 to provide an emergency demolition for the commercial property at 11852 West Grand River. Contract is Inner City contract, Contracting, LLC, total contract amount $38,500. Next contract is contract number 3062358 to provide an emergency demolition for the residential property at 17405 Ryabell. Contract is SC Environmental Services, LLC. Total contract amount, $18,750. The next contract is contract number 3062356 to provide an emergency demolition for the residential property at 7904 Frontenac. Contract is SC Environmental Services, LLC. Total contract amount, $17,250. Next contract is contract number 3062299 to provide an emergency demolition for the residential property at 1354 Lakewood. Contract is SC Environmental Services, LC. 
LLC, total contract amount, $19,750. The next contract is contract number 306-2307 to provide an emergency demolition for the residential property at 13727 Syracuse. Contract is SC Environmental Services, LLC. Total contract amount, $16,250. The next contract is contract number 6004934 to write proposal in trash out release E group. Contract is resourceful vending. Total contract amount, $67,714.25. The next contract is contract number 6004938 to write proposal in trash out. Contract is RT Contracting, LLC. Total contract amount, $92,452.50. The next contract is contract number 6004939 to provide proposal in trash out. Contract is RT Contracting, LLC. Total contract amount, $90,300. The last contract is contract number 6004945 to provide proposal in trash out. Contract is Bing Youth Institute. Total contract amount, $101,430. Council Member Santiago Romero, 36 resolutions, line items 18.1 through 18.36. All right, thank you so much, Mr. Clerk. And Member Santiago Romero. Thank you, Madam President. I move to approve line items 18.1 through 18.36. Motion has been made. Any discussion on these line items? Hearing no discussion, any objection? All right, hearing none, the 36 resolutions will be approved. Any requests for waivers? Oh, yes, Madam President, a request for a waiver for 18.1. Right. And that's just a regular demolition? Okay. 18.1 is actually, this is the contract to provide the land use search, zoning maps, permits, scoping summaries, fee estimations, and reports in multilingual trans Relatable text online for customer use. All right. Motion has been made for a waiver, 18.1. Hearing no objections, that motion carries. From the Office of the Chief Financial Officer, Office of Development and Grants. Councilmember Santiago Romero, a resolution, line item 18.37. Councilmember Santiago Romero. Thank you, Madam President. I move to approve 18.37. Line item 18.37 is to request to certify the future maintenance for the historic Virginia Park streetscape facility. And I just want to thank all of the departments for working with the Virginia Park uh, Block Club on this. They have been advocating for quite some time to fix the brick pavers uh, in that particular um, community. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and looking forward to the work ahead. A motion has been made. Are there any objections to 18.37? Hearing none, that uh, resolution will be approved. And if we can request a waiver, please. Yes, uh, request a waiver for 18.37. Motion has been made for a waiver. Hearing no objections, that motion carries. From the Department of Public Works, City Engineering Division. Council Member Santiago Romero, seven resolutions, line items 18.38 to 18.44. Council Member Santiago Romero. Thank you, Madam President. I motion to approve line items 18.38 through 18.40. Motion has been made for approval. Are there any objections? 
Hearing none, the three, excuse me. I'm sorry, which ones were moved? The seven. She only moved three though, right? The, we were on 18.38 through 18.40. 44. Yes. 44. Oh, um, no, I motion to approve 18.38 through 18.40. You wanna separate them? Yes, okay. ma'am. Okay, she's gonna separate those. Um, motion has been made for approval. Any objection? Hearing none, those three resolutions will be approved. And member Santiago Ramiro. Thank you, Madam President. Um, is there a motion? Uh, I would like to motion to discuss 18.41. Uh, discussion? Thank you, Madam President. I would just like to confirm that we have the correct resolution added to um, our database for this petition. Um, have a note here from my team that it looks like we have the wrong resolutions. Mr. Washington. Yes, Madam Chair. Um, Deputy Director Dio Akinyeme is online. All right. All right. If we can please uh, move that individual over, please. promoted him. All right. All right. Good afternoon. Um, you could just state your name and title, please. Good afternoon. Um, through the chair, um, Dayo Akiyemi, Deputy Director, DPW. All right. Member Santiago Romero. Thank you, Madam President. Through you to our deputy. Hello. Good afternoon. Just wanted to ensure that we have the correct resolution for this petition. And there's a note here that um, this is an amended resolution. If you can just speak to as to why. So which one is this, ma'am? 1841, 18.41. So, so the question is, is the resolution number accurate yes because it might not be correct um is what okay. we're seeing um through, through the chair could you give me some time to if you could move this to towards the end of the agenda i can double check on that and confirm so i don't waste your time right now sure. no problem um right, thank you very much ma'am. yep no problem thank you uh member santiago romero if you want to move this to the end of our agenda yes i would like to motion to move 18.41 to the end of the agenda. All right, motion has been made. Hearing no objections, we will move that to the end of our agenda. And member Santiago Romero. Thank you, Madam President. I motion to approve line items 18.42 and 18.43. All right, motion has been made for approval, uh, noting that 18.42 is on behalf of the Historic Boston Edison Association. Thank you for coming down. Um, are there any objections? Hearing none, those two resolutions, excuse me, those three resolutions will be approved. And if we can have a waiver on 18.42. So moved. Hearing no objection, that um, motion carries. From the Water and Sewage Department. 
Madam President. Madam President. Yes. The clerk was just going to let you know um, I still have 18.44 oh. to move over. Sorry about that. All right, Member Santiago Romero. Thank you, Madam President. This is essentially the, the same question that we have um, for 18.41. I believe that we approved the wrong resolution and what was submitted was the proper one. Um, we just need to verify, I think this is also a question for the clerk, um, that we have the correct resolution. And this is for 18.41 and 18.44. And happy to bring this back again to the end of the agenda for us to confirm that we have the correct resolution. Just looking um, to see, Mr. Clark, if you. Madam President, I, I, I will have to defer to the department. We do have um, resolutions attached, but I'm not sure if they're accurate or not. So I will have to defer to the department. Right. Member uh, Santiago Ramirez, what, what exactly is the change or the difference in the two resolutions we should be looking for? Are you? So, the notes here that I have is that we approved the wrong resolution and they submitted the proper one, but we just need to verify, to the clerk's point, verify with um, the, the department. All right, um, Mr. Washington, do you, I know we brought back an, the previous line item. I think he is looking at that particular one. So let's postpone this one as well okay. to the end of the agenda so that when he comes back, he can address both of these line items. Okay, I motion to bring back 18.44 um, to the end of our agenda. All right, hearing no objections, that action will be taken. From the Water and Sewage Department. Councilmember Santiago Romero, a resolution, line item 18.45. Councilmember Santiago Romero. Thank you, Madam President. I motion to approve 18.45, noting that I will be a no vote. Motion has been made. Are there any objections? Objection. The clerk will please note. Clerk will so note. Hearing no further objections. That resolution will be approved. We will now move to the new business portion of the agenda from the Office of Contracting and Procurement. Madam President, there are six contracts up for a vote today from the Public Health and Safety Standing Committee. On today's new business portion of the agenda, all contracts are for city demolition. First up, we have contract number 6004797, bond funding to provide proposal in residential demolition. Contractor SC Environmental Services, LLC. Total contract amount, $2,708,266.05. The next contract is contract number 6004798, bond funding to provide proposal in residential demolition. Contractors DMC Consultants, Inc. Total contract amount, $3,562,791.75. The next contract is contract number 6004799, 100% bond funding to provide proposal in residential demolition. Contract is Silent Bean Trucking and Excavating, Inc. Total contract amount $3,039,292.20.
The next contract is contract number 6004801, 100% bond funding to provide proposal in residential demolition. Contract is Silent BN, Con Trucking and Excavating Inc. Total contract amount $2,315,544.23. The next contract is contract number 6003310A1, 100% bond funding, amendment number one, to provide an extension of time for proposal in residential demolition. Contract is Inner City Contracting, LLC. Total contract amount, $1,043,784. The last contract is contract number 6004800, bond funding to provide proposal in residential demolition. Contract is Silent BN, Trucking and Excavating, Inc. Total contract amount, $2,923,660.25. Council Member Santiago Romero, six resolutions, line items 20.1 through 20.6. Thank you, Council Member Santiago Romero. Thank you, Madam President. I move to approve line items 20.1 through 20.6. Motion has been made. <coughs> Are there any objections? Hearing none, the six resolutions will be approved. From the Office of Contracting and Procurement. Madam President, there are two contracts up for a vote today from the Neighborhood and Community Services Standing Committee on today's new business portion of the agenda. First up, we have contract number 3061893, capital funding to provide and install light bars. Contract is VersaLift Midwest LLC. Total contract amount $42,192. And this contract is for municipal parking. The next contract is contract number 6005022, 75% city, 25% grant funding to provide renovation of half court basketball court and concrete walkway at Lift Sits Park. Contract is Michigan Recreational Construction. Total contract amount $36,100. And this contract is for general services. Council Member Young, two resolutions, line items 20.7 and 20.8. Thank you. Council Member Young. Thank you, Madam President. Uh, move to approve line items 20.7 and 20.8. Motion has been made for approval. Are there any objections? Objection. Member Calloway. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, line item 20.7, you can show me as a no. Clerk will so no. Thank you. Hearing no further objections, the two resolutions will be approved. From the Office of the Chief Financial Officer, Office of Development and Grants. Councilmember Young, a resolution, line item 20.9. Councilmember Young. Thank you, Madam President. Move to approve line item 20.9. Motion has been made for approval. Are there any objections? Hearing none, the one resolution will be approved. Do you want a waiver on this one? Yes, ma'am. May I please get a waiver on 20.9, Madam President? Motion has been made for a waiver. Hearing no objections, that motion carries. Thank you. Mm -hmm. From the General Services Department. Councilmember Young, a resolution, line item 20.10. Councilmember Young. Thank you, Madam President. Move to approve line item 20.10. Motion has been made for approval. This is the MOU for the Unified Greenway Partnership. Are there any objections? 
Hearing none, the one resolution will be approved. <coughs> Excuse me. Would you like a waiver on this, Ms. Yes, thank you, Madam President. Please, I request a waiver on line on 20.10. All right, waiver has been requested. Hearing no objections, that motion carries. From the Department of Public Works. Councilmember Santiago Romero, two resolutions, line items 20.11 and 20.12. Councilmember Santiago Romero. Thank you, Madam President. Motion to approve line items 20.11 and 20.12. All right, motion has been made. Are there any objections? Hearing none, the two resolutions will be approved. For the president's report on standing committee referrals and other matters. Well, I guess we should go back, Mr. Um, Clark. Madam President, we do have line items 18.41 and 18.44, which were moved to the end. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't hear you. I'm sorry, 18.41 and 18.44. To Mr. Washington. Yes, I do believe Deputy Director Dio Akiyama is still online. Oh, I'm sorry, okay. We can make sure that he is promoted over. And if you are with us, just make sure your uh, camera is turned on, please. He moved over. All right, we have moved you over. If you could just turn your uh, camera on, please. All right, it's showing that he is on, so we're just waiting for us to be able to hear and see him to be able to address uh, the remaining two line items. Uh, Mr. Clark, can we just go ahead and go through our referrals, and then we'll come back as we wait for um, the the uh, department representative. Madam President, I'm okay with that. I'm sorry? I'm okay with that. Okay. Madam President, I get a waiver on line Thank you, Madam President. I'd like to request a waiver for line item 20.7. And can you state what that is? Oh, 20.7 is a contract uh, 3061893. It's uh, to provide and install light bars. Okay, there's a motion um, for a waiver on line item 20.7. Are there any objections? Objection. Okay, Member Callaway did object, so that, yes, motion, that motion does fail. Mr. Corley? Good afternoon, Madam President and the City Council. Um, for referrals um, for the Internal Ops, Ops um, Standing Committee, if you can please refer line item 23.7 that's the proposed calendar and budget process resolutions. 
to the Budget, Finance, and Audit Committee, where it's normally taken up in. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you for that. So, uh, Mr. Clerk, for the President's report on Standing Committee referrals and other matters for the Budget, Finance, and Audit Standing Committee. Uh, Madam President, I also would like to add another one for budget. Line item 26.2 uh, was is actually an audit, and it was mistakenly submitted to go to Public Health and Safety, but it should go to the Budget, Finance, and Audit Standing Committee. So, Madam President, with the addition of those two, which would be uh, 22.1, which is already on the agenda, plus 23.7, which was just told by Council about um, Mr. Corley, and then also 26.2. That will give us three reports for the Budget, Finance, and Audit Standing Committee. All right. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. And those will be referred to the Budget, Finance, and Audit Committee. For the Internal Operations Standing Committee, seven reports from various city departments noting the removal of line item 23.7. All right. Those seven reports will be referred to the Internal Operations Standing Committee for the Na Neighborhood and Community Services Standing Committee. Two reports from various city departments. The two reports will be referred to the Neighborhood and Community Services Standing Committee for the Planning and Economic Development Standing Committee. Four reports from various city departments. The four reports will be referred to the Planning and Economic Development Standing Committee for the Public Health and Safety Standing Committee. Three, three reports from various city departments noting the removal of line item 26.2 to go to BFA. All right, the three reports will be referred to the Public Health and Safety Standing Committee. And we're back uh, waiting for the department representative to address uh, the remaining two line items. Madam Chair, if we could just bring it back in one week, we should be able to resolve to make sure we have the right item submitted. All right. Member Santiago Romero. Thank you, Madam President, and sorry to make this so difficult. We just want to ensure that we have everything um, correct. Uh, so with that, I motion to bring back 18.41 and 18.44. All right. Motion has been made to bring those two line items back in one week. Any objection? Hearing none, that motion carries. All right. Under the consent agenda. There are no items, Madam President. All right, we will now move to member reports. Uh, any member reports? Member Calloway? No, no members report. Thank you. Oh. All right, Member Benson? All right, thank you. Um, number one, I just really want to acknowledge and thank my colleagues, especially uh, Councilwoman Calloway, for the support last year of placing the paid parental leave on the books. Yesterday, we had the first meeting for paid parental leave, and there were over 75 people who attended that virtual training online. And so for a Monday, that's a huge turnout, and just the gratitude and the thank yous for City Council and for the administration for putting together finally a plan where young families and older families can establish themselves or expand their families when grandparents are also being recognized as well as families who want to uh, expand or create their families with adopted children also. And so what we have now are residents and employees, employees who now have the comfort to know that once they expand their families that there will not be a financial hardship 
or additional burden, and it actually it actually helps to give some confidence they can move forward with this expansion and be financially stable. So I just want to really thank my colleagues for making that happen. Um, in addition, want to remind everyone that on 17 February, myself and Councilwoman Waters will be hosting our property ownership uh, and foreclosure prevention seminar with the county treasurer. So hoping to get residents out for that. We'll be doing that at Hellman Recreation Center on the 17th with more information and dates, excuse me, and times to come. Thank you. Thank you. Protem Tate. Thank you, Madam President. Um, I want to thank all of the residents who came out to our first District 1 monthly meeting of 2023 this past Saturday. Uh, we had in total uh, 102, 104 people who showed up. Um, and also want to thank you, Madam President, for uh, being there in, in person as well, providing the uh, community with information on the Reparations Task Force, and look forward to you and any other council uh, colleagues who would like to join us about any program that we have in the city of Detroit. They get sometimes get tired of seeing me, so it's always good to have colleagues uh, join me as well. So appreciate that, and I look forward to our uh, very first, but we actually the we're, we're bringing it back our uh, satellite hours uh, over at the Motor City Java House. We're starting those back up this Friday, February third, uh, at 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. Uh, again, hope folks uh, join us there. But we're going to have the ability to join us uh, both uh, in person as well as hybrid. So look forward to uh, folks seeing everyone from the community there as well. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you, Pro Tem, and great, great uh, community event that you hosted. And I was honored to be there and share with your residents. So thank you. Uh, Member Young. Thank you, uh, Madam President. Um, I just want to say, first of all, I want to thank uh, President Pro Tem Tate for allowing me to uh, be in his district with Henry Ford yesterday. Uh, the Grand Prix was making an uh, announcement that uh, the Grand Prix will be open to the public and it will be free, it will be downtown. I think this is the first time we've had this downtown since my father was mayor, so it's pretty powerful. Uh, I just want to thank him for allowing me to be in his neck of the woods, one. Um, secondly, I think that with what happened with uh, Ty Nichols, I think that police reform is once again at the head of the agenda. And so I don't, you know, I'm just making a recommendation, but I think sometime in the future we definitely need to have a committee of the whole discuss how we want to do things to make sure that we uh, make sure that our shop is tight where we're at and clean. And then uh, thirdly, uh, I also just wanted to thank Ms. Easton for all the work that she's done to allow us to be here in this room. Uh, I appreciate this. I know this is a long time coming, putting in a lot of work. So I just want to say thank her and I appreciate it. And uh, that's all I have to say, Madam President. Thank you. Thank you, Member Young. Member Santiago Romero. Thank you, Madam President. Just want to let District 6 residents know that we do still have our community office hours. We will be at Patton Recreational Park. We were just recently at Kemeny. We will be at Patton Park on Monday, February 6th from 4 to 6 p.m. We have staff to ask to answer any questions that you might have. Just want to also remind everybody that registration is still open for our first building power training series where we'll be hosting quarterly trainings to help residents build organizing power through information sharing and relationship building. The first session is going to be on the city budgets and the upcoming budget process. This will be held again at Kemeny Recreation Center. We will also have a virtual option. This is going to be next Wednesday, February 8th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. Please do register. I just want to remind everybody that tonight 
uh, is going to be our sixth community meeting for the District Detroit CBO process at 6 p.m. at Cast Tech. There is also an online option uh, for that and also want to encourage folks to attend the Midwest Hireman Community Open House. It's going to be today at 6602 Welton to get to know residents in that neck of the woods in the district. Thank you so much, Madam President. Thank you so much, uh, Member Johnson. Thank you, Madam President. Just want to share that on February 25th, we are hosting an expungement fair in District 4 at the Martin Evers Baptist Church, located at 11111 Whittier. So 1111 Whittier. Uh, it is Saturday, February 25th from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It was a request from um, an individual who attended a coffee hour, so we just want to make sure that we are amenable to the request of our residents throughout the district and just want to make sure that we're providing the support that we can to um, encourage folks to get their records expunged and to then be able to go through uh, any of these programs that the mayor mentioned last night. Uh, so once again, February 25th from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. at 11111 Whittier. I uh, look forward to seeing everyone there. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Member uh, Johnson. Uh, just a reminder, we do have a closed session today at 3 o'clock. So hopefully we'll have a little short break uh, in between. So we do have a closed session today at 3 o'clock. I uh, wanted to mention that our office, along with the Ombudsman's Office, Bruce Simpson, NDWSD, Gary Brown, We the People of Detroit, uh, Wayne Metro, are hosting a virtual, um, what is this title, a virtual enrollment fair uh, to get more residents uh, into the DWSD Lifeline plan and program. Well, that's going to be connecting people with resources that will take place on February the 16th. This will be a virtual event. Again, the focus primarily will be on the DWSD Lifeline program to make sure people are aware and to connect people directly to that particular program. So stay tuned for more information. I also want to remind residents who are below a certain income level, and I don't have that income level offhand, I do apologize, but there are free tax preparation services available through the Accounting Aids Society. You can call directly at 313. 556-1920. Again, free tax preparation assistance is available for our seniors and individuals below, I think it may be 50,000 uh, through the Accounting Aid Society. And again, that number is 313-556-1920. And then lastly, uh, the North End Framework Community Meeting will take place in person on February the 7th. Uh, it will also be online as well, just calling out all of our North End neighbors to make sure that they are present at the St. Matthew's Church um, on Woodward Avenue. Again, that will be February the 7th for the North End Framework Community Meeting. And that is all I have for member reports. Uh, yes, Pro Tem Tate. Thank you. Uh, just wanted to alert colleagues. I since I had a, a family concern that will drag me away from the closed session, so I will not be able to uh, participate, unfortunately, because of an emergency issue. Um, and uh, we are submitting a memo uh, to indicate such. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Pro Tem. Um, also wanted to mention two other things. Our, our office has reached out to schedule uh, updates from Stellantis. <laughs> Uh, we are waiting for a date for that. Our office has reached out for a formal session um, update. 
uh, from Stellantis and also Amazon. So just want people to know we have reached out and are awaiting dates. So those discussions will be forthcoming. All right, so under adoption without committee reference. There are no items, Madam President. Under communications from the clerk. A report on approval proceedings by the mayor. Under communications from the clerk. A report on approval proceedings by the mayor. The report will be received and placed on file under testimonial resolutions and special privilege. Councilmember Benson, two resolutions, line numbers 31.1 and 31.2. Councilmember Benson. Motion has been made for approval, and these are both testimonial resolutions, one for Gloria Jackson and one for Pastor Henry Hall, Jr. Hearing no objections, the two resolutions will be approved. All right, if there's nothing further to come before this body, there are motion to adjourn. All right, this meeting is adjourned. Everyone have a blessed day, and I will see my colleagues at 3 p.m.